Talking to the Mike, brought to you by RSN Sports, best in the business, Parmar, and Brent's Plumbing. Looking for a chiropractor? Try Hill Chiropractic, Main Street, Madison, and Logan. They'll treat you like family. Before we start episode 19, I'd like to take this time to thank everyone in the healthcare industry that are trying to keep us safe. Frontline nurses and doctors, you're much appreciated. I also want to thank all my doctors and nurses, including my wife and mother, that have nursed me back to health. Thank you. Hey folks, welcome to episode 23 of Talking to the Mic. I have a special guest today, a uh, man with West Virginia coaching ties and has become a very successful high school coach. Coach Tom Adaria, are you with me? Yeah, Mike, how are you? Good, sir. How are you? Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Well, uh, the pleasure is all mine, but... Coach, before we get started, uh, still focus in on your background, your your athletic career, your your coaching career, and anything you might think we want to know about you. Okay, I went to a small Division three school in Ohio, Mount Union College, and I started my coaching career then at a really nice big high school, uh, St. Edwards High School in Lakewood, Ohio. In fact, uh, one of my players there was Eric Lester, who ended up at WVU. A teammate of mine. Yes, and then uh, I left there and went to Mount Union College, and I coached there for four years. And after that, I Don Nealon offered me a graduate assistance position at WVU. Uh, I did that for three years. Then I went to Navy for three years, and while I was at Navy, uh, the head coach, Elliot Uslak, got fired, and so we were all out of a job. I ended up at a high school in New Jersey, uh, Holy Cross High School. I was there 11 years. And during that time, I think six of my players ended up at WVU uh, playing for uh, for West Virginia. And I left there. And for the past 18 years, I've been the head football coach at Burlington Township High School. And very successful coach. I've been very, very fortunate to have great players. Well, Coach, we, we all know great players are good, but it also takes a great coach. And, uh, you know, my my view on that is this, that you could have a great player, say, a, a great tight end. Mm-hmm. And there would be a coach that might put him at guard. Yeah, that so is true. Have, you know, putting your players in the right spot. I, and I got a funny story with that one, too. Uh, when I was at West Virginia, we had a great player, Ronaldo Turnbull. But he played about four or five different positions before they fi- before we figured out or they figured out, hey, you know what? He'll make a great rush in. And he ends up being a number one draft pick. Yeah, also a teammate of mine uh, in my That's- freshman class. Uh, yes. Great player, great guy. You know, I'll tell you a funny story about Ronaldo. He came from uh, one of the islands in the Caribbean. I can't think right. of which one it was. Where the average temperature, I believe he told us, was 85 degrees. Yeah. Well, you know as well as I do, Morgantown can be a cold place. Oh, and yeah. I see this guy coming one day with 
one of those parkas and it was zipped completely up to where there was only like an eye hole. <laughs> well, there's only so many six foot six guys around and it turned out to be Ronaldo. And he was just about to freeze to death. And uh, I've, I've never forgot that image of that park is it completely up. Yeah, it probably didn't have any winter clothes either. I, yeah, it makes you wonder. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, what a great guy. What a great athlete. Yeah. When and, you talk uh, about the, the weather, uh, when Avon Coburn was being recruited, he goes, Coach, he goes, uh, is it warm in Morgantown? And I said, yeah, in August. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh Coach, what teams were you on at West Virginia? 86, 87, and 88. Uh, the first game I ever coached Division One, and Danny Nealon goes, he goes, I can't wait to see the expression on your face, you know, because I, I played Division Three and I coached Division Three, And uh, the very first game was uh, a home game against Northern Illinois, and Pat Randolph had a 94-yard touchdown run in that game. But uh, I got another funny story. Uh, you know, the, the very next game we're playing at East Carolina. Now, again, I'm a Division Three guy. So I'm in the locker room, and I'm throwing stuff in my bag. And Kerlav looks at me, and he goes, what are you doing? I go, well, I'm putting stuff in my bag. You know, we got an away trip. He goes, you ain't at Mount Union anymore, kid. He goes, just put that away and show up uh, at the bus tomorrow. <laughs> I can hear him saying that. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Bill Kerlavich, longtime West Virginia coach, uh, uh, a unique individual to say the least. Oh yeah, his players loved him though. God, they loved him. They, they sure did. They sure did, Coach. Uh, Mount Union was that not a tremendously successful Division three program? If I'm remembering right, it is uh, now. Uh, when I played there and coached there, we were good. Not like they are now. They are like the Alabama Division Three right now. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of your players that you uh, coached, uh, some of the notable players, Coach, who were they? Uh, well, the ones that everybody from West Virginia, Virginia would know is, uh, would be Avon Coburn. Uh, and a funny story of that is uh, he played in the Continental Tire Bowl. And the tail, and uh, the tailback from both teams actually played for me. Avon at West Virginia played for me, and then Wally Lundy at Virginia played for me. So that was kind of a unique experience. But, uh, you know, I had Avon, I had Kenny Sandor, uh, Kevin Landolt, Brian Pukenis, uh Casey Schiller, and uh, Isaac Irby was recruited by Coach Nealon and went there, and after Coach retired, it wasn't a good fit, and he transferred to Hofstra. So I had uh, – and I hope I'm not missing anybody, but I know I had at least six. And then my offensive coordinator when I was at Holy Cross, Joe Tavoni, had played at West Virginia years and years and years ago in the NFL, but his son Matt was a academic All-American at West Virginia. Yeah, the name, the name is very familiar. Uh, let's talk about when you moved from – West Virginia to Navy. Uh, I, I know a little bit about the Navy program through uh, Steve Dunlap mm -hmm. and uh, Gary Tranquil, who yes. uh, left West Virginia to take the head coaching job, a great offensive mind. But uh, tell us some of the differences. I, I knew recruiting had to be 
kind of difficult because of the academics? Yeah, you know, and it's funny, when I got there, I thought, well, man, we, we got the cream of the crop. I mean, we're not going to have any problems academically. And you did. It was just like any other college. It's just the difference with the classes they were taking uh, was a lot different. Um, and recruiting was a lot different, uh, you know, because if, if you were recruiting a kid that had a chance to go to West Virginia, Syracuse, Boston College, or the Naval Academy, they usually picked, you know, the big Division One school. So we actually got the kids that they didn't want. Uh, but I'll tell you what, there was never a tougher group of kids, more dedicated. Uh, it was a unique place. It really was. And, and, you know, those kids are highly disciplined. I can't imagine you having any discipline problems, uh, you know, when you watch a play on TV, they, they don't have the late hits. They don't have the picking up the shoe and throwing it and getting an unsportsmanlike conduct, no, things like that. No, because what they went through during the day, you know, we, you know, we in today's society, we are so cautious about bullying, about hazing and everything else. I'm going to tell you what, you go there, you talk about bullying and hazing, they make you feel like you're lower than the bottom of a shoe but by the time you graduate you think you can walk on water and you know like so you talk about discipline those kids had it you know from getting up at 5 30 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night they never skipped the class they you know they couldn't do anything and uh it showed on the field uh like you said we didn't have unnecessary penalties but I got a funny story, Mike, I got a funny story of that too. Okay. So, you know, I, I would, you know, been in all the meetings at West Virginia with coach Nealon and all his mannerisms and everything. So now I'm sitting there in a staff meeting at Navy and I'm listening to Elliot Uslak talk and I'm going, man, he sounds just like coach Nealon. He's copying coach Nealon. Well, I started thinking, Oh no. That's Bo Schembecker com coming out of both of them because they they had both been at Michigan, right? Yeah, and you know Coach Neal and Cole from Michigan brought uh, Denny Brown from Michigan. Yes, uh, was the defense coordinator, and uh, I didn't know Bo Schembechler, but they they were on the same page mostly. And when I talk about two other former players, uh, a lot of the same stories about Coach Nealon about the discipline, about uh, the motivation that he gave. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I use, I use a lot of his stuff still today, just like the practice schedule. Uh, I use Denny Brown's uh, terminology on defense to this day, even though we've changed our defense a little bit based on the spread, uh, you know, the spread offense. But my base defense today is 63 and that's that came from Denny Brown at West Virginia. Yeah, much respected by his former players as well. And I, I still actually talk to Coach Brown. I, uh, go ahead. Well, I do too uh, on Facebook. Uh, we, you know, we message every now and then. Yeah, he uh, he's still kicking. It's still uh, wide open. Um, let me ask you this about Navy, Coach. I always heard that. Navy had the very best in equipment because of the fact that uh, it was the Naval Academy. 
Uh, you know, Mike, uh, when it came to facilities and things like that, we did not have the facilities that West Virginia had. Now, equipment wise, um, you know, we had everything that every everybody else had. Um, but, you know, facilities wise, I was there two years ago uh, visiting and man, the facilities have changed now. Their facilities now are top notch. But when I was there, they weren't they weren't great facilities, but equipment wise, helmets, shoulder pads, everything else. Yeah. We, we were on par with everybody else. What about coach, uh, as you recruit a kid at Navy, do they require an, uh, appointment by a Senator or is that waived? No, as a football player. No, they, they, they still have to get that. They have to do everything, but let me tell you a little bit about recruiting. Right, so when you were recruited at West Virginia, my guess is Friday night you went out to the Momart for dinner. That's probably, I don't even know if that's still there anymore, but you probably went out there for dinner. Then all day Saturday you spent at the, at the building, you know, uh, talking with professors, maybe go to a basketball game, and then you went out to Lakeview or somewhere for dinner. At Navy, the first thing they did Saturday morning was take a physical, you know, and – Wow. Yeah, yeah, they t- and it was an extensive physical, you know, because yeah, just, just as a recruit. Oh yeah, as a recruit, because if you didn't pass your physical, we couldn't recruit you. Wow, I'd never heard that. Coach. Yeah, uh, because you got you got to understand they're they're not on scholarship. The taxpayers are paying their their tuition. So if you didn't pass a physical, you could not get in. Like if you were color colorblind. You weren't getting in. You could be the best wow. player in the world. And here's here's a funny story too. David Robinson, if right. he would have been as tall as he was when he graduated from high school, they would have rejected him. You can't be taller than six six. Yeah, I had heard that story before. Actually, he uh, about David Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I actually got a letter from the Naval Academy when I was being recruited, but. Uh, I was being recruited by some big schools, mm-hmm. and honestly, uh, my dad was a Navy guy, not an academy guy, but a Navy right. guy. And I, I thought about getting in the process just for him, mm-hmm. but uh, there was something about the letter I can't remember now talking about academics, and I knew that I didn't have a chance. <laughs> uh, so I, I uh, but but in a turn of that, I actually went to. Uh, Newport News Apprentice School. Okay, and had to take all those classes anyway, yeah. all the physics and marine engineering, and uh, I'm sure it wasn't on par with the Naval Academy, but it was right it's up rough. there. Yeah, and so, uh, but I, I don't think I could have made it at the Naval Academy, to be honest with you. You know, and a lot of people, Mike, what I saw, they didn't make it, and it had nothing to do with academics, just the discipline, just what they put you through like you would be getting screamed at and yelled at and you could give three answers yes sir no sir no excuse sir it's pouring down rain and your shoes are wet and some uh, some upperclassmen asks you why your shoes are wet the only answer you can give them is no excuse sir and that's wow. kind of how they they build you and then like i said when by the time you graduate you you know you think you're pretty good coach did you take some of that Navy discipline to your high school jobs? Oh, I think I took something from everywhere that I, that I, that I uh, coached at. 
And uh, I would say the majority of it, though, came from West Virginia. But when I was at Navy, being with Elliot, and he was a Michigan guy with, with Coach Nealon, they were very, very similar programs. Yeah, and I actually read a book by the AD at Michigan, and you know Coach Nealon was close to being offered that Michigan job. That I did not know. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but uh, I read the book, and uh, I talked to Coach Nealon about it, and I actually sent him the book. Okay. Uh, so uh, a, a Coach Nealon told me one time the only job he would have left West Virginia for was Michigan. So, uh, you know, the, the deep roots there. Oh, sure, sure. Um, you know, being an Ohio guy, you know, he was a Big Ten guy, but uh, I think his career was perfect to, you know, from 1980 on to stay right at West Virginia and, and, and leave the way he did. Yeah, couldn't couldn't have been a better yes. fit. Um, Coach, I want to bring up a story that we both know. Uh when you and I first became friends, I was doing some sports writing, and you enjoyed my oh, articles. Oh, they were great. I loved reading them. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Uh, my my hand doesn't quite work good enough right now that I can do typing, so that's why I've switched to this mm-hmm. podcast. But uh, you had a team that was getting ready to play a big game, and you and I got together and tried to motivate them. And I wrote a fake article. Yes, I remember that. Uh, just getting on your guys, telling them how they worthless they were, that they didn't want to play for you, etc. How did that go over, Coach, with your you know, players? It's amazing what motivates kids. You know, little things like that, they read it, and all of a sudden they want to fight somebody. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, like, it, when that ball's lined up to be kicked off, you should feel like that anyway. But kids don't. It, little things motivate them like that. And, Mike, when you wrote that story about, you know, just little things like that, how they weren't good enough to compete with this team and they weren't ready to play, I mean, you just see the fire in their eyes like, well, we'll show him. And, and it's funny. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah, and great. I got a lot of stuff, though, really with motivation from Coach Nealon, too. Like, I, he would put stuff up, and I would be, like, just shaking my head. But then when I thought about it, I'm going, this stuff really works. He would have us put signs up all over the locker room when we're playing Penn State, white hats and black shoes. You know, he would he would talk about this little guy is crawling out of a tunnel, and this big guy just punches him back down there and he goes the guy little guy keeps climbing up the big guy keeps punching him down well eventually the big guy gets tired and the little guy gets out and that was his point that hey we're the underdog but if you keep trying in the fourth quarter that other team just might give up and he was so he was right on so many occasions yeah he used to say uh something like uh if they punch us 49 times we're going to punch them 50 You ever yeah. heard him say that? Yeah, you punch him in the mouth, and uh, and he was right. And, and the and and the whole thing was, he was telling us, no matter what, just keep playing. You know, just don't give up. And and he was right. Yeah, he was a great competitor. Oh, I, I loved my uh, three years there, Mike. I loved those three years. 
And, you know, as a kid, uh, going to his football camp, he stood me up one time in front of everybody and said, you'll get bigger and stronger and play for the Mountaineers. Oh, man, right? that, that, it, you got you got to feel like a million bucks. Oh, it's, it was. Being a West and Virginia I, I was guy. just a punk. Yeah, and I was just a punk kid. Uh, uh, didn't know even if I would be able to sign with mm-hmm. West Virginia. And uh, uh, thankfully, I had my pick of schools, which when I, when I was a kid, Coach, the, the whole thing was making the blue chip list. You know, we didn't have all this five-star right. and, and all this stuff, all these camps. And uh, the big thing was Street and Smith. Right, magazine. I remember those magazines. So, yeah. Right. So one day I'm somewhere and there's the magazine rack and uh, pick it up. They had listed the top 100 high school players in the country. And I was wow, on the list. That's amazing. And I, I was, oh, I was thrilled to death, coach. And uh, so uh, this show's not about me, but just, in, you know, just in talking. And, uh, you know, I did feel honored. Uh, coach Neiman come to the house. He actually came to basketball practice. And uh, we left there and went to the house and uh, he offered me a scholarship. And Steve Dunlap was with him and he said, are you kidding me? You know, I've been down here a hundred yeah. times and I couldn't get you to commit. And coach Neyland comes one time and, and you, commit. Oh, yeah. but, uh, he, he just yeah. had that about him. Uh, he, he always said he would never offer a scholarship to a kid that he couldn't win a championship mm-hmm. with. And, uh, you know, I was the only West Virginia kid to sign that year. Uh, they made a huge deal mm-hmm. about it, and they went on to visit every high school in the state to see if they passed yeah. up on somebody. So, uh, yeah, because we always wanted to get the best kinda, kids out of West Virginia, and I could just—I when you said that, I could just picture Dunlap saying that. I could just picture him. <laughs> <laughs> I actually talked to him uh, a week or so ago. So you talk about well. a smart football uh, coach. We'd be in staff meetings. And there are a couple of times, where you, hey, Steve, would you slow down? We can't keep up. Like, he was that good. He, he knew football. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I've heard that about him. Uh, and known Steve for a long time. He's actually, I think, a distant cousin of mine. But uh, I don't think he would <laughs> claim that. But, uh, yeah, you know, the, the staffs at West Virginia, Coach Nealon done a really good job from day one when, from his staff until his yeah, entire and You know, career. the thing I noticed about him when I looked at other staffs, uh, he was very, very loyal. I, I don't, I, I you know, like guys like Kralav stayed with him the whole time, you know, Dunlap, Doc, guys, there was loyalty both ways. And I never saw him get rid of people like I saw on other staffs. Uh, you're exactly right, coach. And, uh, those guys you just mentioned, you know, a guy like Kerlaff, he was a bigger part of that program as anybody. Uh, like you say, his yeah. players loved him. Uh, even the guys that didn't play for him directly right. loved him. And, uh, yeah, just the core of yeah. that staff. Uh, and he was very yeah, and, loyal. And it you're went right. both ways. And when you have continuity, you know, like Mike Jacobs was there forever. Dave McMichael, you know, Doc, uh, you know, just when you have continuity like that, I, I just know it on my staff. 
by having the same guys over and over and over again, it makes it so much easier going into two-a-days and everything else. Um, and that's a big thing. Coach, let's, let's talk about your team. Uh, you had another Thank great you. year. I appreciate it. Uh, the 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 New Jersey championship is not set up like no, other states. No, we is are trying. Correct? We are trying to get it changed. We do not have what's called a true state champion. We have the state of New Jersey is divided up into four sections. So, at the end of the season, you're a sectional champion. What we're trying to get is the South champion to play the Central champion. North one to play North two, and then those two play them for a state championship. As a coaches association, we are trying to do that. So a true playoff system crowning a state championship. Right, because right now when our season ends, like two years ago, we played for the South Jersey state championship or what I'd call the South Jersey sectional championship. Well, what we're trying to do is when that game's over, then the South play the Central for a champion, and then the winner of that game play the North champion, and that would be a true state champion. Now, when I was at Holy Cross, the there were only like 40 parochial teams in the state, and they divided up into four sections, the top, you know, the top the, the biggest 10 schools and the next 10 biggest schools. So in 2000, we had beaten Don Bosco for a state championship. We had a kid kick a 47-yard field goal as time expired to win the game 41-40. But that was a true state champion because it was north, south, central. It was all of Jersey. But in the a public section, they just put you in by, you know, where, you know, where your school is located, south Jersey, central Jersey, north one or north two. I understand, Coach. And, uh, you know, here in West Virginia, because of the COVID, they actually had to crown a state champion without playing a game, uh, which nobody was right. really happy about. But uh, I guess if you wanted to try to defend that, uh, they were concerned about safety and uh, they – all the schools yeah, played by the yeah, same rules yeah. when it came to it. Which so. I understand. Like, for us, we didn't have any conferences this year. We didn't have any playoffs. It was almost like the old bowl, bowl system. And at first, I didn't understand it. But then when I saw what was going on, I'm going, okay, we played six games. I'm sorry, we played seven. Somebody else played four. You know, how can you have a state playoff or even a conference where people aren't playing the same number of games. So what they did, what is almost like I said, almost like the old bowl system. In in South Jersey, my team was voted Group Three Team of the Year. So it's almost like the old bowl system, you know, uh, where like you said, hey, they voted a state champion, you know. So which I can understand with the COVID, I understand it. Yeah, did, did it affect your team much, Coach? Uh, it didn't at first. Uh, we got through six games, and we were getting ready to play our seventh game on a Wednesday, and one of my kids on the JV team had it. And the difference between a high school and a college with the contact tracing 
it was just easier for them to say, well, somebody on your team had it, shut it down. Where at Clemson, the quarterback had it and they put him away and, but everybody else, you know, could still play. Uh, but in high school, they shut us down for two weeks. So we, we took two weeks off and we found us one more game. So we played seven games and then, then the season was over. So yeah, it did affect us, but not as much as I saw other teams be affected. I mean, I saw teams play, you know, three, four games and that was it. And, and it, no, I just feel bad ahead. for not only the players, but I looked into the stands. I mean, we could have, uh, you know, 500 fans there total. So you had parents there and some other people, but you didn't have any any students there. You know, you, you feel bad for that. Yeah, and you know, it's one of the things that I feel bad for the kids not only is uh, they're missing out on competition, but they're also, like you said, the, the 500 people in the stands, they're missing coming well, out it, of that uh, And not even the players, but the normal well, students that go to the games. There was no homecoming this year. You know, uh, you don't know if there's going to be a senior class trip. Just, I just feel bad for these kids missing out of high school experiences that you're never going to get back. You know? Exactly. Exactly, Coach. And, and also, they're missing out uh, – the kids that are being recruited, they're missing out on a great oh, experience that's a, also. That's a big restrictions. one. I mean, nobody's coming into the schools now. I'm getting emails, and they're setting up Zoom meetings. But, like, last spring, you know, the game has changed so much since I was at West Virginia in terms of recruiting. Now spring recruiting is the big deal. And if you don't get offered by the end of your junior year, you're probably not going to get offered. So last spring, you know, all the schools are shut down. Nobody's coming in recruiting. Uh, you know, basically they're recruiting just off of film right now. Yeah, what a what a difference. Uh, because some of my fondest memories are the trips I took, uh, the mm -hmm. coaches I got to meet, um, you know, the places. That, and, and just be honest, oh, yeah. the attention. The attention you're getting as a 17-year-old. <laughs> you know, I went yeah. to Penn State. I went to Penn State and sat mm -hmm. down with Joe Paterno, uh, who at the time was – Yeah, how do you I say mean, no to him? On, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, I did. Yeah, no, I, I did, though. I, I actually did. Yeah, he. we sat down and uh, he pointed out the window and said, that's Mount Nittany. Uh, whenever you look at it, your heart ought to go pitter-patter. And uh, then he, he offered me as a junior. And really, a couple of things. I was a West Virginia kid, first of all, and that's almost sacrilegious oh, that yeah. you would go to Penn State. And the second thing was I had waited all those years to hopefully be that blue right. chip recruit. And I wanted to go through mm -hmm. the experience. And and that's what I told him. And he this was in 80 uh, – three or 84, I can't remember. And he told me then, he said, we're going to win the national championship Yeah, uh, in 87. Uh, flat out said it. And, of course, they had had won the uh, one previous to that. But uh, I just hate it that kids are missing out on that experience. You know, uh, Johnny Majors recruited me. Uh, so many Hall of Fame coaches, mm -hmm. of course, Coach Nealon, uh, uh so 
Yeah, I and they are. You know, with this with this early, you know, recruiting as juniors, like I said, at the end of your junior year, if you don't have a scholarship, you know, you're probably not going to get one. So a lot of these kids are committing, you know, during their junior year, and they've never taken a visit. You know, it used to be, like you said, right. when you were recruited, you know, you took five visits. And they, they started in December and they went until the, the last weekend, January. But you took five visits. You know, I remember Johnny Ray, he co- he committed to West Virginia. And he had one more visit left. And he goes, well, I want to take it. I want to go down to Alabama. I, I want to take it. But the coaching staff was not real happy that he was going to Alabama because, you know, in, until you get that letter signed in February, you're just not sure. But I, I can't blame a kid. For, hey, I want to take my five visits. Exactly. And, uh, you know, Coach, they're, they're not even allowed to go watch the games. You know, that was uh, part of the process when I was recruited. You had season tickets to any of those schools you yeah. wanted to go watch a game at. I say season tickets. You, right. you didn't actually get a season ticket, but you know what I mean. You you could re- say, mm-hmm. hey, I want to come to the game. And uh, if if you were high enough on that list, they got you to the game. And uh, so I, I just hate it for those kids. Uh, a buddy of mine, son, just signed with Marshall. Uh, great player. But he just, I just – yeah, just missed out you know, coach. getting they to see the games like you, like you watch college games now, and you know you see, you know, a couple thousand people in the stands, and just, boy, the atmosphere just isn't what it. You know, hopefully we'll get back to normal soon. Hopefully, yeah. oh, I, I hope so too. Uh, hey, coach, well, man, I love I really talking to you. Mike. Talking to you, uh, we've had some, we've uh, reminisced and had some good stories. Yeah, I'd I love hope to come, you come back. back. Uh, like I said, I I uh, loved uh, reading Kelly. your columns. You're a great sports writer. I, I I enjoyed all that. You're still a Redskins fan, right? Uh, well, I know Coach that, Steelers but you were Redskins fan. too, though, weren't you? Well, uh, not technically, Sam but Huff, you yeah. know, my good right. friend Sam Huff was a was was a right was a radio guy out there. And through him, one time, Coach, he got me a pass to a Steelers-Redskins Monday night game. Oh, All access. I mean, look, oh, great thrill on the field, in the press box. I had a pass that when I come walking through, they stop traffic. Makes you feel important, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they stopped. Well, I, I was like, what is this all about? But, uh, yeah, Sam and I were great friends, and unfortunately, uh-huh. Sam's not doing well. Uh, but uh, what a great guy! And I, I didn't have the guts to tell him I was a Steelers fan when he got me For that one pass. Night to be a Redskins fan, <laughs> but uh, For Washington, right? Uh, but uh, I actually met uh, what a great Art guy, he was, yeah, uh, yeah, and got my picture took with him, and uh, uh, Dan, not Art okay. Rooney, Dan Rooney, yeah. The ambassador. Uh, he he's just a little tiny guy, and uh, uh, but you know I wondered if Sam wondered why I was all over the place, but I never once was on the Redskins <laughs> sidelines. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, went it went in the locker room after the game. Uh, I mean, it was just I, I've done a lot of cool things. Oh, that's awesome. That was one of the that's cool awesome. Ones. 
Hey, Coach, if you ever want to talk, you ever got a subject you want to bring up, let I'd me know. I'd love to, Mike. I mean, uh, I got so many great stories uh, of the three years of West Virginia, you know, and a lot of them in- include Curlab because to this day, him and I are still best friends. And and I, I do have to mention this, you know, I, I know West Virginia lost a great, great secretary a couple months ago in Rose Barco. What a great lady she was. And uh, she treated me very, very good when I was there. And I wanted to mention her. Yeah, thanks, Coach. And and would you agree with this? You talked about Coach Nealon being loyalty, the support staff, uh, long, long time secretaries and assistants. Yeah, uh, he just kept them there uh, yeah. as long Loved as they it. wanted to be there. Well, Coach, as we wrap this up, you know I give away a prize. Oh, you didn't uh, have to do for that. Being a guest. Well, it's it's part of the program, Coach, and uh, you get to pick between A and B. Okay, A. First, let me tell you what you didn't win, okay? You didn't win a year's supply of your choice of cigars. Okay. So, sorry, Coach. So, what you did win is you did win a genuine – Authentic West Virginia <laughs> snowball. I think I picked right. I think I picked right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, it's a low budget I show. I enjoyed it, Mike. You know I mean? loved every second of it. I did. I uh, appreciate your friendship. And uh, we'll Thanks, have you Mike. back I on really anytime, Coach. It. You have a great day. Good talk. You too. We've been talking to uh, outstanding New Jersey high school coach, former West Virginia University assistant, Tom Adaria, uh, keeping things straight in New Jersey. Take care. Talking to the mic brought to you by RSN Sports, best in the business, Parmar, and Brent's Plumbing.